Welcome back. I'm your host, Emily, and you're listening to Beyond a Bedtime Story, a parent's guide to children's reading. With this episode, you'll be one step closer to taking your bedtime stories to the next level. So let's get into it. Now, this idea originated when last week I was talking with my dad and he was like, are you sure not you're not off next Monday, the 15th? And I was like, why would I be off next Monday, the 15th? Um, none of my teachers have talked about it. Whenever we're off, it seems like teachers bring it up 24-7. It's like they're preparing for us being off. They're like, well, we have a lot of work to do this week because we're off next week. But no teacher had mentioned it. And I was like, I don't think I'm off. And he was like, well, it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Like, I'm, I'm sure you'd be off. And I was like, huh, maybe we are. And sure enough, we, we are off. We're off this coming Monday. But the fact that I didn't know that was like, why has no one brought that up? Because I feel at least... When I was in elementary school, there was focus on Martin Luther King, and we would take the time to have a service day of learning and, you know, recognize just the immense history that that one day holds, kind of. And I was shocked that in high school there was, like, zero mention of it. Because it's not, like, it's not some pushover holiday. Like, this is, like, someone's, like, legacy. And it's such an important message that I don't think should stop just because children aren't in elementary school anymore. But... That got me thinking, well, introducing the work of Martin Luther King and his legacy can be daunting for parents. It's hard to comprehend as a child that such hate exists in the world regarding what Martin Luther King had to fight for and also his assassination, reconciling the racism, the oppression, the hatred. That is so difficult to do when you have a child who is just beginning to comprehend the world and might have a hard time wrapping their heads around the heaviness. So considering this, I found some research sources that discussed how teachers and parents can go about discussing topics such as racism with their children. This article was a University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill publication, and it's called Tips for Tackling Sensitive History and Controversial Current Events in the Classroom. The article begins by kind of reiterating that these are sensitive subjects, but they can't be oversimplified or brushed over because they're important to discuss with a child. But at the same time, while it's important to discuss these hard histories, acknowledge the hard history, but also acknowledge the resistance and the resilience of individuals, groups, and organizations who have fought throughout these hard histories. Because you don't want to minimize the strength that they have in the positive things that they've done by solely focusing on the harshness of the history. It's kind of like a balance. Emphasize that there were groups of people who fought for what was right. And in doing so, that also helps students see, as the article says, that in today's world, which is still grappling with so many of the same issues, they are our future leaders. And as a parent, giving them that hope and that agency will help them have a positive mindset and be able to persevere in the future while also making sure that they're educated about real history and what happened. So that's teaching with hope. The books that I've selected regarding Martin Luther King and his work emphasize this by describing the resistance by Black Americans, such as with the Alabama bus boycott and the perseverance of of communities despite being targeted, being jailed, being threatened. So those are elements that you're gonna see in the books I've selected, and I've selected them for that reason. This article, because it was catered more towards teachers, it also reiterates that they must 
know what the students can handle. Can they handle the material? Are they represented within the material? But you as a parent, you know your child. You have a better sense of what they know of the world already and where they may need more guidance. And this, in a sense, makes it almost easier for you to introduce um, the topics, these hard-hitting topics before your child enters the classroom. Especially because teachers are advised to create a safe space to discuss these topics, but you as a parent, if you're broaching these issues within your home, your child is inherently safe there with you. And that environment, that extra level of comfort may make the difficult discussions easier now, and then also the transition to discussing this material in the classroom also more manageable. So you know your child best, essentially. But also, it's hard, but there also has to be a balance that you're willing to challenge your child. Because you're going to watch kind of their safety be brought down in a sense. Like this kind of rose-colored glasses image that they have of the world that hasn't been burst by reality yet. You may do some of that bursting of their bubble, but you're doing so in a loving way. And you'll be there to validate and support your child if they are frustrated with their feelings, if they are nervous or upset about what they're learning. You're there. And then another resource I had from Scholastic. It's an article called How to Talk to Kids About Martin Luther King Jr. Day. A quote used in the article from Tarana Burke, the former associate director of the National Voting Rights Museum in Selma, Alabama. She says that Dr. King is almost a fictional historical character to many young people. They don't get that they are in many cases one generation away from him and that they are directly affected by some of the gains he and others like him fought to achieve. By maintaining this kind of like fictionalized version of Martin Luther King, she goes on to say that this is a disservice to children. And not just because they're missing out on, a, on the significance of a crucial piece of American history, relegating it to dusty history books makes them miss out on how far our country has come, how much further it has to go, and most importantly, how the passion, righteousness, ideals, and actions of even one person can change our entire world for the better. So this idea was also touched upon in the UNC article, but it's again establishing that Dr. King did so many amazing things that he almost seems like this out-of-body, not-real figure. Even to someone like me who, um, I'm 18 years old, I can comprehend the history, I know that he existed. Just the work that he does can sometimes feel like, like it's mythological and it's not. And teaching your child that he did all of these things and he was human at the end of the day, is not only giving him the credit he deserves, it's also making what he fought for real. The plight that African-Americans faced was very real. It's not some far off thing. It was less than 100 years ago. So reconciling with their child that these things did happen. And it is history, but history is also real. And by making those things real, you're also communicating to them that there are activists and they themselves have agency. But once I read these articles, I realized that the books I picked had to be real enough. And that's a hard balance to find because with young children discussing death, discussing racism, it's, it's difficult because they're topics that adults don't even like to talk about. But I did pick books that may be a little challenging, but with the right prompting and being read with a parent, they're very manageable for children. And it's better than the alternative of reading a book that kind of minimizes what really happened 
and makes it smaller so that children comprehend it, which is a stepping stone. Your child might have to start at that level of it being reduced to what it really was. But eventually you want to get them to the point where they're really acknowledging the history. They're not reading some like sugar-coated, smaller version of what happened just so they can kind of dissect it. They're going to grow by being challenged with books that make their mindset change, make them view the world differently. And that's a valuable thing. I also, in my show notes, I've linked a helpful resource from PBS Kids for Parents. It's called Talking to Young Children About Race and Racism. There's a lot of resources they have there. They have worksheets. They have videos. So definitely feel free to check that out. I think it's extremely helpful. But with that said, I'm ready to get into our next segment where I'll begin my book reviews. All right, I hope you enjoyed that short break. I'm back and I'm ready to dive in. But before getting into these book reviews, I just want to reiterate, I am a white person and as someone who's white, I'm kind of giving you these prompts and these perspectives and how to teach this history as someone who can't ever have the lived experience of being a black American. So I'm speaking from my perspective and I know that it might not fit all families. These tips might not work for all families. The conversation might be a lot different if it is essentially your culture and your history rather than the perspective of being from someone who is white and having to teach their children in that context. And again, these are hard discussions to have. And I can only speak on the issue um, regarding how I was raised, regarding my perspective and how I think families may go about introducing Martin Luther King Jr., but I can't speak on the experiences or what it would be like to have children that were African-American and teaching them this history that might look a lot different for them. So I just want to emphasize that before we get into it, because these strategies are not one size fits all. And I can just hope that these help some parents, these help some families. But the truth of the matter is that I can't ensure that they're going to be right for everyone. But with that said, Let's get into it. The first book I have is Martin's Big Words, The Life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. by Doreen Rappaport. And again, like I usually do, I'm going to reference specific page numbers. So if you have the book, feel free to follow along. In this model, it's all conceptual prompts because essentially the whole idea of these books is having your children reconcile what's going on and what did Martin Luther King do? What did civil rights look like? All of these are going to be conceptual questions because this whole lesson is about understanding. So beginning, what are some things that Martin says? How is he described in the book? So I picked up some words that I thought were relevant. And a good idea may be keeping track of these words on a piece of paper for your child. Because I have a follow-up prompt in the next segment that I'll get into with these words. But writing them on a piece of paper so they can see these words and associate Martin Luther King Jr.'s work with these words. This includes love instead of hate on page seven, together and peace on page nine, dreams and hope on page 21, cared on page 24, like saying Martin Luther King was caring, and helped on page 25, talking about his helpfulness. And then just other parts of the book that you may want to stop and talk with your child, such as pages 11 to 14. What happened to Rosa Parks? How did other people respond? 
and talking about people standing up, being activists, boycotting buses, and why they needed to do that. They needed to do that to ensure that people could sit where they wanted to sit on the bus. And then with that activism, what danger did people who marched face? And I picked a quote from page 17. They were jailed and beaten and murdered. These are themes, these are words, jailed, beaten, and murdered that are going to be visceral for your child to hear. That's, that's going to elicit a reaction from them. And I say this book can be abrupt at times, such as with words like that, that will confront your child. And therefore, you need to be there to support them and explain what's going on. But this is admirable because it's not oversimplifying the history, even though it's speaking to children. These things happened. And then again, this book also emphasizes the resilience of activists. Why did they keep on marching? Why was the marching used instead of fighting? This appears on page 15, but they kept on marching for equal rights. Love is key on page 17. And then it talks about how Martin Luther King also faced personal danger and threats, but that he didn't stop, and that's on page 20. So emphasizing the agency that these people had, they weren't belittled by the racism that they faced. That didn't make them less than, even though the whole goal of the structural racism they were facing was meant to keep them down, was meant to little them. Their actions and their activism and this book showing that doesn't reduce them to what racism wanted them to be reduced to. And then it's always necessary to kind of explain what was segregation? Why did it end? I think with young children, the easiest kind of comparison to segregation they have is separation. They even sound similar, so it might be easier vocabulary for them. I think it does oversimplify the issue because segregation wasn't just about having white-only restaurants and water fountains. It wasn't just about the separation of races. It was a whole power structure that can be analyzed. But again, we're dealing with children. So emphasizing that segregation was like a separation of people with different colored skins. For now, that oversimplification is just necessary for them to comprehend what's happening. Then as for why did it end, you can refer to the marching uh, and bravery that you see in the previous pages. The book ends kind of summarizing Martin's admirable character traits. And you can refer back to the list that you created at the beginning to help you with this. You want to remind your child of all that Martin did when you introduce his death, because the book again is very abrupt. It says he was shot, he died. That's right before the last page. You can establish that his death was unfair. It wasn't right, but reiterate his impact. And that's what the last page does, saying his big words are alive for us today. So saying his legacy is important. All those words that you developed with our first prompt, you can show your child that list. And these are all the amazing things that Martin Luther King did. This is who he was. Therefore, he's not reduced by his death. But yeah, those are some simple prompts I have for the book. I think prompting is really going to depend on the needs of your child, and it may adapt to whatever environment you're in, whatever reaction they have. But the important thing is simply reading the book. It's simply reading the book and taking the time to have these discussions with your children. The next book I'm recommending is... My Daddy, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. by Martin Luther King III. And what's special about this picture book and how it talks about MLK is because it makes him, like I said before, when 
I was talking about the importance of making these historical figures like Martin Luther King seem real and seem human. The story is personable and humanized because it is written from the perspective of Martin Luther King Jr.'s son. So how he viewed his father growing up. And that makes him less of a removed fantastical figure and more of what he was, which was a dad and also an activist and all these other things. But at the end of the day, he had a family and he was a human. Additionally, because it's from the perspective of a child growing up and having to reconcile racism, especially because as Martin Luther King Jr.'s son, Martin Luther King III also had to learn like what racism was and how it impacted him and his family and the treatment that they received and the threats that his father received. We'll get more into this when I start the book, but it can help children understand and wrap their minds around the unfair treatment going on because the protagonist is also on that same journey in the story, just trying to understand these concepts. So young readers can find kind of a commonality with the protagonist as they are both questioning and learning about unfair treatment. So to start, my first prompt is, why was Martin Luther King III afraid for his father? On pages 9 and 13, he knows that he could be arrested. But he has to have a conversation with his mom, try to understand why his father is in danger if he wasn't stealing, he wasn't hurting people. And children often establish jail with punishment and doing something bad, but his father was standing up for what was right. So him having this dialogue with his mom and him having to realize that he, his dad was being unfairly treated, that conversation mirrors the thoughts that your child is going to have trying to understand why these unjust things were happening and asking them why was martin the third afraid for his father because there were these unfair things happening and this continues with pages 14 and 17 like the marching we talked about in the previous book peaceful protest and people wanting the law to change faced danger also what did martin luther king the third learn from his father a good quote for this is page 19 we must meet violence with nonviolence. We must meet hate with love. So emphasizing a nonviolent perspective, a loving perspective, those are qualities that Martin Luther King Jr. instilled in his son as well as much of the world. This legacy that Martin Luther King has left, what his impact means, prompting what is Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy? What do people remember about him? And the last page aligns with this beautifully. There's a quote, by reaching out to other people with kindness and compassion, my father was changing minds and unfair laws. And this establishes that kindness and compassion are qualities that result in change, which is what Martin Luther King Jr. stood for and what his legacy ultimately was. And then how do people honor Martin Luther King? And this is again on the last page, we must continue to change minds as my father did. We must continue my father's work for freedom and equality for all. So again, this idea that Martin Luther King enacted change and that children have agency and they can learn agency. With the values of Martin Luther King, they can achieve change with the right methods of love and also for the right reasons of freedom and equality, which was what Martin Luther King taught his audiences. So those were some guiding questions for both of these books. They're both unique in their own ways. I think the first book does a good job of being honestly candid about the events that happened. And that can be daunting, but it's important 
and will be helpful when given to children with the guidance of their parents. And then the second book, focusing more on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his humanity and children being able to relate to a protagonist that's also a child, that's also growing up just trying to understand the unfair world around him. And again, I admire these books because they don't oversimplify the issue. They're not trying to truncate it just so that it's easier to dissect. But if you have very young children, like children who are three and four, and you want to introduce um, history early and Martin Luther King's influence early, which is very valuable, you might sacrifice that advanced level for just being able to introduce ideas earlier. And in that case, a possible recommendation I have is The Story of Martin Luther King Jr. by Johnny Ray Moore. And this is for much smaller children. But again, you have to be wary of it because the story kind of gives a false illusion that things in the world are now perfect. Um, But it has this very upbeat mindset because it's for such young children. So it's easier for them to kind of comprehend. And while it's a great choice for younger children. It's more of a foundation that in the later years you can build upon with other books such as these that are more advanced and more real. I hope you found those strategies to be helpful. There's just one last short segment about follow-up activities and possible volunteering avenues to continue celebrating the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Hi again. Thank you for joining me for this last segment. I'm going to get right into the follow-up prompt that I have. So that list that we created when reading book one of the characteristics of Martin Luther King Jr., I would suggest keeping that list after developing it while reading. And then after reading the books, going back to that list again and having your child choose a word from the list to illustrate. And again, the words were love from page seven, together in peace from page nine, Dreams and Hope from page 21, Cared or Caring from page 24, and then Helped or Helpful from page 25. So you can give them the list of words. They get to pick what word they want to illustrate, and they can make a picture just describing that word. What does love mean? What does love look like? What does peace look like? What do dreams look like? And you can remind them these are qualities of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. These are good qualities to have. And what does that mean to you? Ask a child, what does that mean to you? What does love mean to you? What does being together mean to you? Again, it's a fun way to get them drawing. They're going to enjoy it. But it's also having them ponder these themes that Martin Luther King represented. And of course, a big aspect of... Martin Luther King Jr. Day is usually acts of service. So volunteering, any volunteering is valuable. Um, And by introducing volunteering to your child now, they're going to develop a habit for it. But me being biased and always, of course, loving books, this is a book podcast after all, I would suggest a book drive. And there are numerous ways you can go about this. You can look up the opportunities for book drives within your community. There's always the opportunity to donate books that you already have, older picture books, um, or go and buy buy new books and provide them to centers that are looking for books, instilling in your child the value of helping other communities. That was a big tenet of what Martin Luther King stood for. And by actively encouraging them to engage in acts of service, they're going to reconcile more with what giving means and how they can go about doing it in their own life. 
But that pretty much concludes the episode. I greatly appreciate anyone who listened in, especially because I feel like a topic like this is so important. I talked about at the beginning of the episode how they've barely even mentioned this day at the high school. And it's just baffling to me because these values were important then in elementary school, but they're also important now. And by communicating to your child that these values are important, they're going to remember that as they grow up. Even when people stop talking about the day, they're still going to remember the day because of the memories they've associated with learning about that day and recognizing its value. And again, I appreciate the patience. I know that the things that I'm going to say are never going to be perfect and the strategies are never one size fits all, but I just hope they give any kind of parent guidance when they're wondering how they can tackle these hard issues. I have books and I have prompts and I have the articles that I reference that can give you kind of a direction. I hope you find value in celebrating the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. this coming Monday, January 15th. I'm not sure this episode will be posted before the actual holiday, just as things go with school and everything. But with that said, it doesn't need to be Martin Luther King Jr. Day to talk about what he did or to talk about the work of activists. Next month is Black History Month, so these things are going to continue to be relevant and they should be relevant any day. You can bring up this history whenever you want to. Martin Luther King Day just gives us a reminder that these are important discussions discussions we need to be having with our children. Thanks for listening and be sure to catch the next episode. Get reading and remember, you are never too old to love picture books.